Amen. Well, this morning we're blessed. We have new friends in our lives, Neil and Cindy Sunball, and uh, we're so thankful for, for them. We had a great first service in the presence of God. How many sense the presence of God here this morning? Man, God moved in a mighty way, and we're excited to see what he's going to do. So, Brother Neil, come on. Cindy's going to come and bring the word. Come on, sweetheart. Amen. Welcome Cindy as she comes. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Good to be here. Thank you for Pastor for um, having my husband and I. We're really grateful to be here today and to be here with my husband. Lord, I just thank you. I praise you, God, and I pray, Lord, that you speak through me, Lord. You give me the words to say and what you want me to say. Um, right now, I'm going to turn to Acts chapter 16, verse 25. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. It says, But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to the Lord, and the Philistines were listening to them. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately the doors were opened, and everyone's chains were loosed. You know? A lot of us, we're going through things, especially in these end times. And I don't know what your struggle is. I don't know if it's Satan just, because I talk to a lot of people, and sometimes in the middle of the night, Satan's just pounding them with thoughts. And I don't know if your people are struggling with pornography, with lust, with anger, unforgiveness. You know, when we hold... All that unforgiveness and anger inside of us, it's like an open door for the enemy to attack our mind. All that negativity. I'm telling you, it, when we don't forgive and stuff, it's like it stuffs down inside of us and it hurts us. I remember when I got that revelation, I said, I'm choosing to forgive. Because when I forgive, I get peace of mind. Because I'm not going to let the devil torment me. You know? I'm the one that loses out. So the thing is, is when we joined being saved, we joined the army. We're in the army of the Lord. And in the army of the Lord, it's like a job. When you go to work, you have to work hard to get something to produce. And it's the same thing. When you joined serving God, just like Paul and Silas, they were praying and singing hymns to the Lord in their situation. And I, whatever your situation is in the middle of the night, if you start, and if whatever, temptation, anger, if you start praising God, and if you can't do it yourself, call a friend and ask him, can you just start praying with me? And just start praising God and saying, thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. I worship you and just start worshiping in your house worshiping and praising him until the prison doors open up until you get that breakthrough because that's how you have to do it you have to get a breakthrough see some some uh, you know what we're in a day right now some people don't even know what a breakthrough is you know when you're they don't even know when they're in a temptation they just sit in the temptation they sit in the anger they sit in the unforgiveness they don't even know they have to pray their way out and praise god that it's a weapon 
I'm telling you, it's a weapon. We got to do it. We can't sit in the mud. We can't sit in the dirt and just let Satan just wipe us out with, you know, with the thoughts in our mind. We have to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. We're in an army, and there is a devil out there. And praise is a weapon. I'm telling you, I've been under attack so bad sometimes coming back from a mission trip, and it just seems like everything was loud, amplified. You know, and I just called a friend sometime, and I just start praising him. Did you ever feel like everything was real dark? And you just felt like it was real dark, and you, and you start praising him and worshiping him, and hallelujah. I'm telling you, it's like the ground shakes. It shakes like thunder, and the foundation shake. And I'm telling you, I've seen it so dark, and then all of a sudden, I prayed until it broke through. And then it was just like, wow. <laughs> you walk outside, it's like, those flowers are beautiful. <laughs> the, you know, the sun shining. Thank you, God, you know? Right? But the thing is, is we have to continue doing it. It's not a one-time thing. You know, sometimes you have to pray and pray through like three times a day. Like Moses hit the deck every time he was in the trial, right? What did he do? When every time he was attacked, when people talked about him, when he didn't have a decision, he got on his knees and prayed. And I bet that was a couple times a day. We have to do that. And it's a continual thank you, Jesus. I praise you. Even if you get in your car, you're going through something, you just keep praying. Even if it's a midnight hour and you're, you're, don't just stay sleeping. Don't just sit there and listen to Satan pound your brain. Stand up, get up, and start saying, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And start walking through your house praising him and anointing your house with the blood of Jesus. And ask God to come into that situation. And the devil will come to you and he'll say, nothing's happening. I'm not getting a breakthrough. Because you'll be praising him and those thoughts will be pounding. And he'll say, nothing's happening. But it's a lie. You keep praising him. You keep worshiping him. You keep singing to him. And I promise, those things will break. They will break. And you will get set free. So we will continue in this. We will continue because it's a weapon. We will continue praising him. We will continue worshiping him until we get that breakthrough, even if it's three times a day and in the middle of the night you got to wake up because you know what? Pretty soon you have the joy of the Lord. See, he uses these trials to get us to praise God, to be in continual worship, because then all of a sudden we're in praising him so much that all of a sudden you're like, whoa, I got the joy of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. And that's what he's bringing us to, because you could sit there and say, God, it's like all day long. I'm getting this, this, this. Yeah. And so you could be praising him all day long and worshiping him, and then you're, you will come into this realm that's supernatural. You will come into this realm. So the persecution will bring us into this realm. So if it hasn't brought you into this realm of the Holy Spirit and the joy of the Lord, then there's a problem. Because God said, the joy of the Lord is our strength. He said, we got to learn to praise him. So we praise him. We worship him in every situation. We thank him. One more thing I want to say is, I remember when I first got saved 
and I was in persecution. And one of the people that were with me, they said, praise God. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, because they said, in persecution, praise the Lord, right? And it's like, we have forgotten that. I'm telling you, we have. Who is worshiping God and thanking him in your persecution? Who's doing that? You know, we got to start saying, thank you, Jesus, when we're in persecution and start praising him because that brings the joy of the Lord, too. It's the word of God, and the word of God is medicine, and the word of God is truth, and the word of God will produce fruit. The word of God will bring peace. The word of God will bring joy. The word of God will bring life. But we have to put the word of God into action, into our life for it to produce that. So I just want to encourage you that the power of God, the word of God, we have to put it in the last days. You know, they said the word of God is of none effect. We have to use everything else but the word of God. No, we are in this time. In these end times, we use this word of God and we start thanking him and we start praising him. You watch the foundation shake like an earthquake and nothing will be able to get near you, harm you or hurt you. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise his name. It's good to be here. We just got back from the Philippines. We saw a thousand come to Christ and... uh, we had the General Council of Assembly God, and we had about a thousand leaders and pastors. And the Holy Ghost moved so strong, people. You, the Holy Ghost is moving across the earth. I don't care if you don't believe it, it's happening. And God's going to move in California. And I was sitting there today, and God says, As in the natural, how the rain has fallen, it shall come in the Spirit. It shall come in the Spirit. And I don't care who you are, you're going to get hit by the Holy Ghost. I don't care if you're the worst sinner, you're going to get hit by the Holy Spirit. And I saw a church as I was sitting there in worship. I saw a big, light red building. It was a big building that said a thousand people. It was a beautiful building. I've prophesied buildings before. And I know when God's speaking. It's a big building. It seats a thousand people. It's light red. It's a big rectangle. It's not very good looking on the outside, but it's beautiful on the inside. Amen? And God said it and spoke it to me. Amen? Amen. And so I know, I don't know you very well. First time here. But uh, we've been to, I've been to like 60 nations. I just love missions. I just love going. And we just had so much fun in the Philippines. It's so fun. Last night we were with the Spanish churches in Sacramento. They're all coming together in unity. And God is moving, people. You got to move with God. Say, open my, I open my spirit. The problem with America now, we're, our spirits are like this. We've got to open our spirit. If we go to a football game, everyone's spirit's open. Praise 49ers. Or we go to a hockey game. Oh, the Sharks. Or we go to a baseball game. Yeah, A's. Or whatever. Come on. Tell it, man. Kings. We've been going to the Philippines with basketball game, uh, team last year. Professional caliber, born-again Christians. Last year, we, I talked to my team leader. They won, we won 35,000 people to Christ in two weeks. And, and I got to speak at all the stadiums with the basketball teams. We saw about, I saw about 12,000 in 10 games or something. Amazing to God. Glory to God, amen? 
Say, I am a spirit. I have a soul. And I live in a body. Well, the world says, well, I have a body. I have a soul and I might have a spirit. And we develop so much stuff in the natural stuff. We just develop our physical body. We develop things that aren't spirit. But God's saying, please develop your spirit. Develop your spirit by the word of God. You feed your spirit the word. Say, feed your spirit. If you feed your spirit, that's what you get, spiritual things. Flesh gives birth to flesh. Spirit gives birth to spirit. And, and you've got to open up to what God wants to do in you and through you. Because God created you for a purpose. He created each one of us with a special, unique gifts and talents and purposes. And God wants to grab your life and use it for his glory. Because we don't have much time. We don't have much time. Jesus is coming. I travel the earth. I go to Europe. We go to Sweden and Finland and Israel. And you see the end coming quicker. In America, you don't see it like that. When you go to other nations, you see the end coming quickly. God's opening doors to us all over the Middle East. I, I prayed for years, and now God's opening doors to unreached places, to dangerous places. I don't really want to go, but I'm going to go anyway. Amen? Because my spirit is saying go. So we pray in the spirit. We walk in the spirit. We speak in the spirit. Either you're speaking by the spirit or you're speaking by your soul. You're walking in the spirit or walking in the flesh. We got to walk in the spirit. You pray in the spirit, you walk in the spirit. Say super. Supernatural. See, your body is going to get, you're getting a new body in heaven, but you're preparing your spirit to get into your new body. See, you don't die and go to heaven. You come to Jesus and are born again, and you step, you write your name in the book of life, and you start your journey on earth. Amen. Say, I start my journey the day I was born again. And God seals you with his spirit. He seals you born again. But you have to walk that out. And that's why God's doing a work in us to prepare us for heaven. See, many of us are walking by this. And this does not produce fruit. The natural mind, say the natural mind, does not understand the things of the spirit. So when the spirit starts moving, we're like, what's that? But we should be pros at the spirit. We should be like Bruce Lee. Wah! In the spirit, if you ever knew who Bruce Lee was. I don't know who the action hero is now. Like Captain America in the Holy Ghost. Uh, so you have to develop your spirit man. Your spirit man. Say spirit. So what happens in your spirit is what remains. You know, some of your small... You're going to be going up to heaven and your brain's going to be like... Whoa, where'd that go? Your soul's going to be going, whoa, I lost a couple things. But that's why you renew your mind. You, you work the word in your mind. The word comes into your mind many times, drops one foot, and becomes revelation. Amen? Say logos. Rhema. Movement. So once the word hits you, you got to bring it down into your heart, which isn't always easy. Because we're all thinking in America. California, we're a bunch of smart people and have all these great Silicon Valley giants and they're stupid. They're stupid because they don't have a spirit that's functioning. I have a friend in Apple Computer, that guy prays in tongues all the time. 
And you just walk up there and you feel the power of God. And he's walking through Apple Computer for 20 years. And he's just ministering to people by his spirit. See, you don't even have to say a word. You just walk up to people in the spirit and touch them. And start telling them the word. Amen? God loves this church. This church is a great church. I've never been here. I walked in. I felt the love. I felt the love from your pastor. And this is the ingredient of a great church. Because faith worketh by love. And if there's love present, then God's spirit can move. If there's love present, the faith can work. It's just we got to open our spirits. I saw a picture of you. Just go like this. I open up my spirit to you, God. To God. Say, I open my spirit to God. God, speak to my spirit. The still, small voice. Amen. So let's go to Matthew chapter 9. Say revival. revival. Revival is coming back to that first love with Jesus. That burning sensation to just love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. And, and verse 35, sorry, I was with the Spanish last night screaming and dancing. And they, we had a great time. In el nombre de Jesus. And Jesus went about all the cities and village teaching in their synagogues. And he's casting out demons and he's doing all this stuff. He's doing great stuff. But Jesus had three years of revival. You know, every great revival has been three years. You know that? Most of them have been three years. We're coming up to one that's going to last seven years to ten years till Jesus comes back. It's going to be one of the greatest revivals on earth. And it's going to be uh, amazing what God does with our lives. Hallelujah. In the village, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Say, I'm in the kingdom. See, the disciples were looking at Jesus. Are we going to have a natural kingdom? Are you the king? We've got to set up your throne. No, he started a spiritual kingdom. So even back then, they were sort of confused. What's happening? What's Jesus doing? So he, when he died on the cross, he made a divine exchange with his blood to forgive all mankind, to make a covenant for all men, women, children, everybody go to heaven. Amen? With just his blood, a covenant he made. Amen? Healing every sickness, every disease among the people. He saw the multitudes, and he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered and like sheep having no shepherd. See, Jesus walked in the Spirit so you can walk in the Spirit. See, he anointed his disciples. He sent his disciples out, and they weren't even born again yet. They had, he hadn't died and rose. But they had power. They were moving and healing. And what happened? You have double the power. You have ten times the power now. Because Jesus died and rose again. He said, I send my Holy Spirit. But what is the church doing? We just, okay. Maybe one day God will use me. Say, use me. Use Make opportunities. So when you're praying in the Spirit, you're walking in the Spirit... Things are going to start happening. See, I see this church and I saw this big building and had a thousand chairs in it. I said, that's a lot of chairs, God. But God fills the chairs because we're obedient to God. When you're obedient to the Spirit, that's where the rewards lie in heaven. 
The more you're obedient to the Spirit, the more rewards you get in heaven. It's not like you're not going to heaven. You're just gaining rewards by being... It's like when I do fly on the planes to the Philippines. What are my points? You know? i got to use those points. But see, when you get to heaven, your obedience to God is going to determine your rewards. God's not, he's not waiting just to punish you. He's like, I want to give you some rewards. I can't wait till first class. Hey man, I hate economy to the Philippines. It burns you out. But he said to his disciples, the harvest is truly plentiful, but the labors are few. Why are the laborers few? Because many times we aren't obedient to the voice of God, to the Spirit of God. We have to be obedient. See, number one in the kingdom is just radical obedience to God. Radical, and I want to write a book on this, Pastor. Radical obedience to God because my whole life, listen, I was in Israel. God told me, and my friend lost his passport at the prayer wall. And you don't lose your passport in Israel because the police are really tough. I mean, they'll arrest you for anything. And so I'm sitting around all depressed. Oh, God, I'm not going to see the Dead Sea. I'm not going to see Jordan. And God's all, wake up. He said, go across the city. I have someone for you to meet. So I get in this taxi and I'm thinking, where's the guy? And he, the Muslims sit next to me. I said, Oh, yeah, Jesus is coming. And the Muslims are more excited than you are. They're like, yeah, Jesus is coming. They're like, yeah. They don't believe Jesus is God, but he's a prophet. They're like, yeah. And I'm all preaching on miracles to him. And then I say, you need prayer. And he says, yeah, I got a metal rod in my leg. I said, can I pray? He says, sure. I pray. He said, what would you do? I said, I, I prayed. He says, there's no pain. I've had pain for 20 years. And I get out of the taxi. Later that day, I, me and my friend get together and we go to some worship service and they're singing psalms. And finally I say, I've had enough of this. Let's, what do you want to do, God? And I just say, what do you want to do? Just say, God, what do you want to do? Right now, say, what do you want to do, God? What do you want to do, God? Let's go, God. And he says, go across Jerusalem. Go through to the old city, through the mall. There's got a real nice mall going to the old city. So we're walking through, and me and my friend, he's been there 60 times. I've been there four times. I was looking at him. I said, what do we want to do? Hey, Italian food. So we go in. We feel that's where God wants to go, Italian food in Israel. I mean, was, I want hummus, you know. I want hummus. So we go in there, and, and we're sitting down, and there's this, you know, Christians, we think we're spiritual, but the Jews, man, they're just like reading Bible there are verses all through the meal. They're quoting the Bible during the whole meal. The wife's sitting there reading scripture while he's eating. And then he gets the Bible and he starts reading scripture. Whoa. And I look at the guy and I said, so who are you? Uh, uh, can I give you a word from God? And it's really hard to minister to Jews. They don't want a Gentile talking to them or praying for them. And I said, he said, okay. And I said, you are likened unto Jacob. And, and the blessings of God are flowing up and down like the, the angels going up and down from heaven. He looks at me. He said, who are you? I said, I'm Neil. And he said, my name's Jacob. <laughs> and so the rest of the night, he prayed for me. We prayed for him. And Jews never let you pray for him. 
And he was going to study. He studied to be a rabbi, became a businessman. So he prayed for my business. Amen. So when you're led by the Spirit, that's just so many miracles happen. We were in the Philippines. We rescued a cat in front of 7-Eleven. In the Philippines, we're, my wife's feeding the cat. She is a cat lover. You know, we, you preach the gospel. To, I preach to cows, pigs, ducks. I preach to all the ducks to practice my sermon. In Sweden, I go out there and start preaching out. But you know, God is wanting you to obey his voice. Walk in the spirit. Be led by the spirit. Function from your spirit. Don't function from this. Say, what do you want to do, God? Grab your heart and say, what do you want to do, God? Where do you want to go? You want to heal someone today? Because he's living inside of you. Let him out of prison. He's, a lot of times Jesus is inside. Can I come out? Can I do something? He's handcuffed in the back of your car. Come on, let him out. He's like, can I come out? The Holy Spirit, you know, you're just, last night we had the garden hose anointing. The, the Latinos let the garden hose out. And I mean, people were all over the altar falling out. But sometimes God can get out the big old fire hose. But it depends, are your spirits open? How much are you willing to receive? And let's go right there. And he called his disciples, say, call me, Lord. You got my number. And you have power over unclean spirits, cast them out, heal all kinds of sickness. But go up to verse 5. And Jesus sent out and commanded, saying, he doesn't suggest you go out. Take Jesus on a date, okay? Our old youth, remember the youth group, Phil? Take Jesus on a date. And we'd go out and heal the sick and confront Satanists, and it was great. The Satanists ran the other way. Do not go your way of the Gentiles. Do not enter the city of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. As, and as you go, preach. Say preach. People need to hear preachers. How can they hear unless someone is sent? Every time you leave the church door, it should say you're entering the mission field. Amen? You, mission field at the Kmart. Kmart missionary. Kmart? Walmart missionary saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Put out your hands. Kingdom of heaven's in my hands. Everywhere I go, miracles take place. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Say receive. The biggest problem around the world, I've been all over the world, is receiving. People, when you learn how to receive, you can really give. The more you receive, the more you give. The more you get, the more you're accountable for. And the more you get, the more you want to give. And we're not just giving a bless me club to the church. When, when the power of God comes on you, he expects you to go and, and, and reach out and, and fill an empty chair. Fill a life with the power of God. And don't wait for church. Get them saved out there and bring them in. Don't wait to... For a pastor to disciple, start discipling him at the coffee shop. Go to Denny's. I don't know where there is a coffee shop, but go bring them there and disciple them. Jesus discipled the 12 disciples before they were saved. Right, Phil? We had some pretty weird people in our youth group. 
right? We, we disciple people before they were saved. Amen? But Jesus died on the cross. He lived a perfect life. He died. He went, he went through everything you've been through. Suffered for you on that cross. He suffered and died for our sins on the cross. What, preaching the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But it's life for those who are being saved. Amen? Today, anyone want to give their life to Jesus? You've never accepted Jesus. You need salvation. You need to know God as your personal Lord and Savior. Is there anyone here today? You need that today. Raise your hand. Don't be afraid. Raise your hand. Anyone? Anyone else? There's one. Come on. That takes courage to say, I'm through with sin. I'm through with sickness. I'm through with poverty. I'm through with death. Let's pray right now. Just pray in your heart. Say, Jesus, I believe you died for me on the cross. Jesus, I confess you as Lord of my life. Come into my heart. Lord, I confess and believe you rose from the dead on the third day. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you.